Living Labs is HealthStream's way to do innovative, customer-based research programs focused on improving workforce development and patient experience. And the unique thing at HealthStream is when we can start to connect the data between outcomes and educational content, we really have the opportunity to make a big impact on healthcare. Welcome to Second Opinions, a HealthStream podcast. I'm your host, Brad Weeks. Join me as I talk to some of the preeminent thought leaders and experts working in healthcare today. In these candid interviews, we're going to hear some alternative views. We're definitely going to challenge conventional wisdom, and we're going to get a little personal. But we are looking for second opinions. Join us. Today, we're talking with Dr. Richard Galantino, who heads up our Living Labs program at HealthStream. Richard, tell us about your background and your role here at HealthStream. Well, first, hi, Brad. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Great. Good to see you. I've been at HealthStream for about five years now, and I originally came on uh, as a consultant to our CEO, Bobby Frist. And every time Bobby or other key leaders from HealthStream would go and visit health systems, they'd often come back with new ideas on how to address a certain challenge in healthcare. And so Bobby brought me on to start working on some of those challenges. And so that evolved into my role as Vice President of Living Labs here at HealthStream. For those listening who know nothing about our Living Labs program, just give those listeners a general overview of what we try to accomplish. Living Labs is HealthStream's way to do innovative customer-based research programs focused on improving workforce development and patient experience. So when I think about that, it's, it's really our way to do two things. One is pilot projects with customers that solve problems that they have and or research around a certain issue that would eventually lead to a new pilot that would solve that project or problem. Tell us about the genesis of the Living Labs program. The Living Labs program formalized about two and a half years ago. But before then, when Bobby Frist or other key HealthStream leaders would travel to hospital systems or different facilities around the country, they'd often meet frontline staff, nurses or, um, or prescribers, doctors. And, and a lot of times they would strike up a conversation and think of an innovation or a problem that needed to be solved and Oftentimes, frontline workers would have the answers to those problems, but their direct uh, mandate is to do day-to-day care. And so they wouldn't have the time and or resources to really think about how am I going to solve this this problem on a macro level. And Bobby Frist was in a unique position to really say, hey, I can do something about some of these challenges. What are some of the examples that uh, of things we're trying to solve with this program? People in education and healthcare want to know that their healthcare staff is fully competent and trained up on certain key issues. Things like, for example, hand hygiene. You know, do all my healthcare workers, uh, 30,000 healthcare workers, CNAs, nurses, doctors, are they all following the protocol with regard to hand hygiene? And how do we test to make sure that's being done? And so that's a big challenge that we're facing. Um, certainly, you've, you've heard of uh, hospital-inquired infections and how we address uh, that challenge. But how do you truly know that everybody is um, educated and knows the best process to do simple things like hand hygiene? And, and so that's one challenge, for example, that uh, we've worked on in the last year. This is an example 
of a, a very simple problem, seemingly, that can have drastic impacts on patients served, right? Absolutely. And, and if um, hospital-acquired infections go down, that would be transformational. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that makes me passionate about my job is that um, I have access to a lot of data from health systems across the country, and we can look at it in aggregate form. And if I could leave a, a little mark on healthcare, um, it would be to evolve the education and assessment process that's currently going on. Right now, if you think about hospital-acquired infections, in 2014, one in 25 hospital patients, one in 25 acquired at least one hospital-associated infection, according to the CDC. So that's pretty staggering. And then if I look at data within the ecosystem, we took 70,000 uh, random pretests. Um, these are these are things that people can take so they won't have to take an annual mandatory course. And we took the, the course on hand hygiene, took 70,000 um, pre-assessments, and only 35% of folks tested out on the pretest. And so that means they were required to take the full test. And of course, after the full test, you know, most people pass it, pass, right. right? But they had just taken the course, so of course you're going to pass. But at a quick snapshot, without taking the the actual course, only 35% tested out. And to your point, that is something that probably most Americans, uh, most patients take for granted. We assume that clinicians know how to properly practice good hand hygiene, right? Uh, Absolutely. You just yeah. take that for granted when you go to a hospital. Sure. That's a basic expectation. But what our data show is that there's there, room for improvement. There's definitely room for improvement in that area. And that's just one snip, you know, simple snapshot of data. One interesting thing about the Living Labs program at HealthStream is we have the opportunity to use data from across the HealthStream ecosystem. And when I think about the HealthStream ecosystem, I think about all of our content partners, the different medical associations that we're partners with and, and receive their content and and nurses and doctors take their content, and we get all the test results. Um, when I think of the HealthStream ecosystem, I think about our our surveys that on patient experience that we have data from. And the and the unique thing at HealthStream is when we can start to connect the data between outcomes and and educational content, we really have the opportunity to make a big impact on healthcare. Can you tell us about a specific living lab that you've conducted and what particular business problem that project was intended to solve? A couple years ago, we started a living lab with Bone Secor Health System. Bone Secor and the chief learning officer and clinical officers there wanted to look at the most efficient and effective way to deliver annual mandatory training. Um, and so they had devised a three-year triennial program and so they saw this as a way to ensure that everybody met the requirements by joint commission, but also saved a lot of time on things that um, were done on an annual basis prior, and really folks were, were already had knowledge on those areas. In the living lab, we were able to test uh, folks throughout the system and see that they indeed had been skilled up in those areas. And what did you discover specifically about uh, the time savings? You could certainly see that over a three-year period, millions of dollars were saved by the program becoming more efficient and being allocated based on need rather than um, just an annual sequence. 
And so rather than sticking with an annual sequence of training, what this discovered is on, on one level, we could save a lot of time by delivering only the most efficient training and the most effective training needed based upon their current skill set. Correct. And they basically they devised the program that would take the learning needs and, and map them out over a three-year process. And so sort of have a focused effort in each year to meet yeah. the needs that they wanted to accomplish, but not just sort of shotgun all education out on an annual basis. Sure. And then you could have tests or assessments in the process to ensure that to ensure that all learners are getting what they needed. And there were some exceptions made. For example, new hires received a full set of training in the first year. So it was a very thoughtful approach on how to do education and training. So how will the customer use that information in the future? Not just within the scope of the project itself, but just in terms of how it makes decisions and allocates resources. I would think that it would have a pretty strong impact on how they think about training in the future. Yeah, that's a great question, um, Brad. And what, what we are trying to do at Hellstream and what we are seeing our customers do is really think about a pinpointed approach to learning in which learners get what they need at the interval of time when they need it, rather than just on an annual basis. And that is something that would have an impact not just on Bon Secours, but obviously on the entire healthcare industry. This is something that's way bigger than this one organization. Absolutely. If you think about how education and training has historically been done, mandatory education would go out annually. And regardless if somebody knew the topic or didn't know the topic, and and really, and then they wouldn't be tested on that until the following year. And if you really think about that education model, it was maybe good when we started, but we've really evolved since then. And, and we really need to think now, is that a test of knowledge? Because what you want to know when you go into a hospital is not whether somebody took a hand hygiene or HIPAA compliance course and passed a post-test. You want to know that they actually know the process and are following it. And in order to ensure that, yes, you might want to give some educational material, but you want to assess people at different intervals without them prior having just read the material in which they're going to be tested, right? So everybody can do well on a post-test when they just read something. But we're really evolving annual mandatory education and things that people have historically done on on an annual basis to a, a new system in which people are going to be assessed at various intervals, and that assessment is going to be a true picture of the healthcare workforce knowledge. This is going to require us to help reshape and redefine how the healthcare industry considers and thinks about training, because we all know that many uh, many leaders in healthcare think about training as term, in terms of annual mandatories. Absolutely. And what we really want is our healthcare workforce to keep building their knowledge. And so if we keep testing them year over year on the same knowledge bank, they never evolve their knowledge. And so the knowledge that they have gained from one year and they have retained, we want to build upon that knowledge. And so this type of training allows us to continue to grow and evolve with the healthcare workforce rather than keep testing them on the same old stuff on an annual basis. Today we're talking with Dr. Richard Galantino. You can learn more about the Living Lab with Bone Secures on our website at www.healthstream.com podcast. Let's talk about what you're working on now. I know that there are a number of Living Labs projects that are underway. Can you give our listeners a description of maybe one in particular that's being worked on? 
Sure. I just got back uh, last week from South Dakota, visited Avera Health System. Avera is a, an established Catholic healthcare system with a great culture. And they have a, a program which identifies and brings together future nurse leaders from around the organization. We are working with Avera on new ways to identify, retain, and inspire future nurse leaders. We developed a survey that identifies rising nurse leaders. And so there are about 40 questions that are based on validated competencies that we would want to see in future nurse leaders. This is a survey that we can give out to nurse managers, and they can evaluate the different people that they see on their floor who they think could be future nurse leaders. And we have also made the survey so the participants can also do a self-assessment. And it's an opportunity for the nurse managers as well as the rising nurses to compare and see how how the nurse manager's scores judged against the, the nurse's self-assessment. And this is given, this is one tool that Avera is using in selecting future nurse leaders into a leadership program. It's very exciting. They've had some great success already with nurses from the first cohort actually rising into leadership positions in subsequent years. So we're colleagues at HealthStream. You've talked about solving big problems. We use that term a lot because it's one of our business principles. It really is at the core of, of what defines us at HealthStream in many ways. And I want to get your thoughts on what you think is perhaps the most significant problem healthcare is facing today and how Living Labs can perhaps contribute to that. Solving big problems, as you mentioned, Brad, is a part of our core fabric. It's actually part of our constitution, and it's why I'm here at HealthStream. Before HealthStream, I worked in global health and was interested in, in development of healthcare systems in Africa primarily, looking at malaria initiatives and, and other HIV-AIDS awareness programs throughout Tanzania, Kenya, Central Africa. One of the big challenges that I see in healthcare is a resource constraint. And, and we can see that as healthcare evolves here in the U.S., we are moving from a fee-for-service model to how are we managing a certain population of patients. And when I was in Africa, there was always a resource constraint. And so all grant funding was always based on population management. That's what we did. If you were working on a malaria initiative, it was based on a region and population, and resources were allocated to that. And so when I think about the finite resources we have here in the U.S., we're kind of moving to that model as well. How are we best managing a population and providing the best health for them? And so I think we're moving in that direction. So I think the biggest challenge we face is is how do we address the resource constraint and moving from uh, a, a system in which we are treating sickness, if you will, and trying to really promote health. And so I think we're gonna have more and more coaches more and more health coordinators as we move on and try to tackle managing population health. So where do you see the Living Labs program going in maybe the next three to five years? We're developing um, solutions in key areas, and the Living Labs is going to play a role in that. Leadership is one broad topic that we are diving into and um, trying to address 
the the future leadership uh, challenge or shortage in in nursing and and other areas in healthcare will continue to be part of the the development of future leaders. I also think broadly that we'll be a part of a, a new way to look at education and the knowledge that a workforce has. Living Labs will help develop the concept that education is really a snapshot of what the workforce knows at a point in time, not that they just completed a set of courses by a certain date. We will continue to work on um, evolving education beyond one facility or healthcare system to a continuum of care. As we evolve education, we need to know that regardless of the fiscal entity that you might be connected to, education will be um, meet a certain standard of excellence uh, across the whole continuum of care, whether you're in home health, uh, skilled nursing facility, assisted living facility, acute care facility, or ambulatory care setting. We'll continue to evolve education models that are broad enough to encompass a region of care. And if you really think about it, that follows the population management um, concept. Maybe we'll give you about six months and check in to see how far along you've gotten on that. I might right? need a couple of years on some. <laughs> <laughs> One of our key partners is the Duke University School of Nursing and School of Medicine. And with them, we wanted to address a key challenge, and that was how are we caring for our aging population? And so together with them, we developed the Duke Interprofessional Frail Elder Certificate Program. And we believe this program will provide a higher standard of education for the entire healthcare workforce, allied support, frontline staff, and prescribers in how they are caring for and treating the growing elderly population here in the U.S. What's so interesting about this is, in addition to being passionate about this particular topic at Duke, they will also share in the benefit of the program financially. So we have a partnership together and share in the royalties of this program. Now, I've had a chance to work with 20-plus faculty over at Duke, and I'll tell you, they're not in it for the money. They're in it for for the passion and, and really trying to provide the highest standard of geriatric care. But it also provides some resources for them to develop future programs. And so we're excited to share back in this. And there's the opportunity for, for other partnerships with other strategic accounts. Clearly, you've been involved not just at HealthStream, but in healthcare for a number of years now, uh, working on some really big things. What is it about what you do now that excites you and drives you? Two things come to mind right away. One is turning vision into reality. So we can all sit around and sort of dream big thoughts, but trying to find innovative things that we can turn into reality um, is a passion of mine. So turning vision into reality. The second one is service. So I often think about when I, when I, um, I don't know if you'd say size people up or think about uh, people's roles, I often look at what they started their career as because I thought I often think that's an indication of where they're heart lies, and they might have shifted in certain directions over time. But um, I started my career as a volunteer, as a a Jesuit volunteer, which is very similar to Peace Corps, except it has a faith-based component to it. And that brought me to Africa for for three years and led me into other global health programs. And so I'm passionate about service, and, and healthcare is a real opportunity to serve others. 
Thank you for listening. You can learn more about what we've talked about today by visiting our website at healthstream.com slash podcast. For more Second Opinions, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or subscribe on our website.